I love the way y'all do that. Have the Lord's Supper in the presence of small children so they can be part of the body of Christ. So often we see the children dismissed to a Sunday school class and the parents do communion. So they miss out on the significance and miss out on being part of God's family. So I really, really appreciate the way y'all do things. Special blessing for children. We learn and grow from one another. So I'm going to pass this on to other churches as well. I think this is a great way of doing it. We're still in the Christmas season. So don't take the Christmas trees down just yet. Because the Mardi Gras season is around the corner. Because the king cakes are coming out. King cakes are a good message to us. It's about time to start taking down a Christmas tree. I don't have the information in the bulletin for you, so I will share it with you. We're going to be going through Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 2, the first 15 verses. This is the story of the three magi and their visit to Jesus, proclaiming him indeed as King of kings and Lord of lords. Because this is the Christmas season still. And we'll talk about that for a little bit. The title of the sermon that I had today is, What Does the King Cake Mean to You? What does the king cake mean to you? For most people... The king cake is all about Mardi Gras. No, it isn't. The king cake for many is the signal that it's time to start drinking and partying and go to Mardi Gras parades and have all kind of fun and enjoyment. When in reality, the king cake is all about the three wise men's visit to Jesus, the proclamation to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. But you know how the fallen world does it. They'll take something that's holy and try to dumb it down and deflect it to something else. The king cake is about Jesus Christ, not about Mardi Gras parades. God indeed does want us to have fun enjoy ourselves, to be happy, of course. But in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, we get the Lord's Supper. Chapter 10, just before the Lord's Supper, the Lord says, do this. Do everything for the glory of God. So in other words, we can enjoy our king cakes, we can enjoy Mardi Gras, But do it to the glory of God. So how do we turn Mardi Gras and king cakes into the glory of God? Well, I like king cakes particularly. Not because they're bad for you. They're full of sugar. My wife will fuss me if I eat too much. It's a given every year, I will. But it's a great thing, a great tool for ministry. Because the world sees king cakes as associated to Mardi Gras and don't see it associated to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and lords of lords. So it's easy 
to make the transition from Mardi Gras to Jesus Christ. It's a great opportunity as you see king cakes, if they're introduced in your, your, your workplace or friends, tell the story of Jesus Christ and his birth. Many don't even know the association, but it really is. It's all about this opportunity to share the gospel. What does the king cake mean to you? It should be, all right, get ready for this. We are in an evangelical Presbyterian church, which means you are supposed to be evangelical. Evangelical comes from the Greek word evangelos, which means share the good news. Well, if you're EPCers, you're sharing the good news. What easier opportunity there is to have a king cake and to share the news that this is about Jesus Christ, the birth of our Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords. How easy of a transition is that for you? So this is the story. I want to read the story to you. Although you've probably heard this story a hundred times, it don't matter. Hear it again. Refresh yourself. When the opportunity comes and there's a king cake in front of you and there's somebody who's got an ear... Tell them what that king cake is about. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. Lord God, as we turn to your word, we ask that you reveal yourself through the reading of your truth this morning. Amen. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and came to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem, in Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and asserted from them what time the star had appeared And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you find him, bring me word that I, too, may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went out before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night, 
and departed to Israel and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. May God add his blessing to the reading of his perfect and inerrant word. Amen. That is the story of Jesus Christ, born Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message to pass on to others. That's the message we need to give to others, that indeed the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So what are we to do with this message? It's a pretty straightforward narrative. We can kind of follow the sequence of what's going on in this story. But how do we use the king cake to explain this individual story of the Christmas story narratives? On January the 6th, that day is proclaimed Epiphany Day. That's the day where the three wise men recognized and came to Bethlehem to see that this indeed was the Lord and Savior himself, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. So the story begins with three wise guys, three wise men, three magi, also known as three kings. They were... Casper, Balthazar, and Milchar. All of them, all those names are names that are common in the south and west, or east, sorry, of Egypt, Arabia. So it's very possible that these guys came from Arabia. They knew the scriptures, but they knew astronomy much more. They knew how to look at the skies, to look at the stars. They knew how to navigate those stars. And they would have seen what is speculated to be Saturn and Jupiter in alignment. So it was a real huge star. Something that only happens once every whatever, 500 years or whatever. So they would have realized this is something hugely significant, massively significant. And being Jewish and followers of the Old Testament, they knew that this is something significant, something great. The Bible says there's something great that applies to a star. So they get going. And following the stars in the sky, they realized that it was over Jerusalem. So they get to Jerusalem. But they didn't know the Bible that well because the Bible said it's Bethlehem, not Jerusalem. So they go, it'd be like going, I'm from Franklinton now. It'd be like going to New Orleans where, we, where Jesus would have been in Franklinton. They missed the mark. They went to the big city, not the little city. So they go to Jerusalem and they start asking around, where's this Jesus guy? Where's this Jesus? Where's the Savior? King Herod heard it and said, bring those guys over here. And this interchange of conversation between where's the Savior, what time is he born, all this took place. And it's interesting that King Herod calls the chief priests and the scribes 
and says, where is this guy? Where is this Jesus? Where is this Savior? Where is this Messiah? They knew where he was in Bethlehem because they knew the Bible. So the three wise men went to Bethlehem. They saw the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. They proclaimed, this is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now, let's tie that back to King King. What does that have to do with King King? Here's the story. There's many in the church, many, that know, like the high priest and the scribes, they know about Jesus. Like the wise men, the magi, they knew about Jesus. But they didn't know, get it. They come to church every single day since childhood. They know of Jesus. They've heard it. But they don't get it. Until the Holy Spirit reveals himself, we go through motions. And finally, one day, we get it. We're like the wise men when they see the baby. It's an amazing time of great joy. Sadly, just last Sunday, I'm at a church. Never been there before. Pastor's wife and I having a conversation after worship service. Pastor's wife. This Pastor Dale, I just want to let you know, I've just recently come to faith in Jesus Christ. Like, well, you're a pastor's wife? She says, yeah, I've been teaching Bible study pretty much all my life in Sunday school class all my life. But just two years ago, I came to faith. What? And then she says, then I told my husband he couldn't believe it. The Holy Spirit works when and how he chooses. She sat in church all her life, and she's roughly my age, which means she's old. Not as old as Henry, but close. She sat in the back that Sunday, heard God's word, and the Holy Spirit says, Okay, today, today. You will know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Said she felt warm inside. She didn't even know how to respond to that. See, there are people in this world who look at King Cake and they see fun. They see Mardi Gras. They don't see Christ. You evangelicals, you Christians, open your mouth. It's a great opportunity. To tell them about Jesus. Because you never know who, what, when and where we could say something. And that Holy Spirit takes our broken words and convicts and changes hearts. And most of the time, praise God, most of the time you don't know it. You don't know that God has already used you to proclaim the gospel to somebody. And have changed that person's life because you didn't do anything. The Holy Spirit did the work through you. But we are indeed to do something. James 2.17 says what? Faith without works is dead. We have to proclaim the gospel. The world desperately needs to know. People that even go to our own churches 
need to know the message of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, Pastor Dale, I got the story. Three guys, they see the baby, they know they come to faith, and yeah, we're supposed to share the good gospel. But what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? The message you've heard since childhood, perhaps. Christmas, when God became a child, humbled himself to be born, to live a life, not that of a king, but as a poor servant of the community. Carpenter's son, but lived a perfect life that, oh, we wish we could live. Perfectly sin-free. But yet, when we give testimony to someone else, remind them that we're broken. I'm broken. You're testifying to someone else who may not even know Christ. Let them know I was broken. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'm saved. Through my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm trying to be as obedient as I possibly can. And they go, oh, well, I'm good. Yes, that's wonderful. But are you good because of your faith? Jesus died on the cross, but he rose again. He died for our forgiveness. But he rose again as a reminder of the new life that's in Jesus Christ. Once you come to faith, like that pastor's wife two years ago, She has new life now. When Jesus rose, he walked among us for 40 days to prove to people this is a true fact. Tell others that on the 40th day, the day of Pentecost, 40, he went up to heaven. He ascended so that we know when we breathe our last breath through our faith in Jesus Christ, we too will be in heaven forever. We don't have to guess about it. We don't have to say, gee whiz, I hope I've been good enough on my last day as I'm breathing my last breath that God would look down and go, you know what, servant, you were pretty good. Come on in. No, we have absolute assurance that we're going to heaven based on faith and faith alone. Nothing that we deserved to have, but yet the Holy Spirit looked upon you and said, you're mine. You are mine. We communed with God, with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That communing is saying we are one. You are part of my family. Now that is the gospel, folks. That's simple stuff. King cake, share the gospel. That wonderful message of Christ. So another thing I wanted to talk about in this story is the three gifts. We know this one, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What is all that about? And what does that have to do with king cake? How many colors are on a king cake? How many gifts were given to Jesus? By the way, the gifts were given to Jesus. You notice that? Not to Joseph, not to Mary. The gifts were given to the king. Interesting that they had gold, frankincense, and myrrh with them. They were probably pretty wealthy because travel ain't cheap. 
even back in those days. To go from Arabia to Bethlehem was quite a trip, probably expensive trip. So they brought expenses with them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When they saw the child, they were so elated, they wanted to give of themselves. So they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Little did anybody know that God would send the angel and say, Hey, Joey, go to Egypt. After they received gold, frankincense, and myrrh, then the angel came to Joseph and told him, You need to flee because Herod is going to get you. Or get the child, more like. God knew all along that they were having to travel. God knew that they needed expenses. God knew they were going to be in need. And God provided. What about you? As God's people, as those who have strong faith, understand this. How often has God taken care of you? Provided for you before you knew you needed it. My wife and I have had this experience so many times. I'm sure you've had it as well. You suddenly get a check in the mail. We got one, I believe it was from the hospital. From a hospital stay, they overbilled us. We paid it. Not, not that hospitals ever make those mistakes. So they sent us a check for a couple hundred dollars for an overpayment because the insurance company kicked in and paid. So we're like, oh, goody, goody. Let's go buy something. The next day, got a bill. An unexpected expense. I think it was an auto repair. That was the exact amount of money from that reimbursement check. So close that there's no other explanation. But God knew the expense. Knew we needed it. Provided it. Then we found out. And what is God saying? I am God. I take care of my people. The King Cake Store. God provided for Jesus before they even knew it. God can provide for you. Where's your faith? We can go on and on with examples of this. A sudden income tax return that you didn't see coming. A friend or a family member gives you a surprise financial gift. Christmas bonuses or unexpected bonuses suddenly come. Only to find out that those amounts came just before you knew you had this sudden expense. So, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God doesn't want to give us money to pay bills. If money would buy success, you're in the wrong business, folks. We were in Boca Raton, Florida area. Boca Raton, Florida is known for the millionaire's retirement. It's where millionaires go to die. 
Ask every other millionaire on the street. They will tell you, Boca Raton is where millionaires go to die. They got money galore. A buku. But you know what? They are some of the most miserable people I have ever met in my life. I was a hospice chaplain for a number of years, which meant that I would go to people's homes where there would be a loved one dying in the bedroom. And I would go into the bedroom of these rich gazillionaires. I'd have to, you know, kind of walk around the Lamborghinis and stuff to get into the front door. Angry, miserable people. Oh, but God has blessed them with money. So what church you go to? Oh, we're not religious. What church you go to? Oh, I don't believe in that nonsense. How's your Christian walk? Are you one of those Christians? Then, on a rare occasion, only about 30% of the time, I would go into a home where they were joyful. I'd go into the bedroom where their loved one was just days before death. What church you go to? Oh, let me tell you the name of my church and the pastor and the music. And I do, I do Sunday school. I participate in this. I do the luncheon. I do folk. They get all excited and bubbly sharing their walk. I'm like, your loved one's dying and you're all excited. Folks, king cake is about faith. It's not about financial reward. You want peace in your life. Jesus Christ is there to provide it through faith. If you don't have this faith I'm talking about, you don't feel the blessings of God. You just feel, hey, you've been pretty good. Been pretty lucky because I got a whole bunch of bucks. I don't have a mortgage. I'm in good shape. Or are you saying, I feel blessed that I have faith? Huge difference in the two. So the king cake is your opportunity to share of how God provides for his people. He provides for those who have faith. And he provides that peace that's beyond all understanding. The king cake is a great tool to use for those that you know, you know, are miserable or unhappy or having all kind of difficulties in their life. You know it because you know them. Use the king cake to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. To tell them this king cake is about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's about Christmas. This season. This 12 days of Christmas, which begins December the 25th. 12 days later, it ends on January the 6th. This is the epiphany season. This is the opportunity, your opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, who was born on Christmas Day, gave us a perfect example of how we are to live. He died the perfect death that we should have died. He rose again for the forgiveness of sins to know that when we die, we will rise again. 
He ascended into heaven so that we can have absolute assurance, no guessing, no hoping, absolute assurance that we're going to heaven where we will be sin-free and be able to enjoy the blessings of being in his presence forever and evermore. So use the king cake. Use the king cake as your tool to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. Let me pray for us. Lord God, our Father, you've given us so many tools in this life to share the message of Christ with others. Empower us. Allow us to be evangelical, to go out and share these blessings of our faith with others. And those that may be listening to this message whose faith is weak, I pray that not only the communion, but this message from your word strengthens their faith. And for those that don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, that this would be the day that you would send the Holy Spirit and give them that epiphany, the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's name, for your glory. Amen. Amen.